Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of the Yacking Show Business Channel. And this is the channel where we bring you actionable business tips and ideas to help you thrive and survive and your business thrive and survive in the interesting times we're heading into. And we do that by bringing you interesting guests. Today is no exception, but first let's introduce Kathleen Beauvais, co-host, and she will bring our guest in. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you also very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate having you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today coming to us from the San Francisco Bay Area. We are very excited to welcome Roy Nalapetta. Hello, Roy. How are you? Hello, Kathleen and Peter. Thank you for having me on the Yaking Show. Oh, wonderful. Now, Roy is uh, the co-founder and CEO of Glance Inc. He has developed the product Link, that's a KL home extension designed to supercharge sales, marketing, and customer success. So let's just jump right in, Roy. Can you please tell us what Clink is and how uh, it can help businesses? Well, Clink is a simple value proposition. There's a ton of business information that lies with you about your business. The Yaking Show is an example. It's a podcast for talking about business tips and Mm -hmm. topic and everything else, right? It's the simplest way the AI can learn a little bit about your business and help you sell, which is through email campaigns. You can Uh do things like invite people to webinars, uh, do stuff. There's so many aspects of email, which is very contextual to your business, whether it is writing an email to invite a person to a webinar, asking a person to buy your software or a product, asking them to upgrade. All these contexts are broken down into different campaign types, and we let people enter very little information and personalize the email context very much to their business. Ah, okay. That sounds really interesting. Now, do you need to integrate that with an autoresponder like... um, well, we know all the all the ones. Mailchimp is one that comes to mind. Or does Clink do the whole the whole job itself? Uh, it does need to be integrated with the email sending software at this okay. point of time. What what we think is important is we get the email right. The most important thing is the content and the subject line is where the heart and soul of your email is. Mm-hmm. You're trying to accomplish on that, right? So that's right. what we would like to do. So that is what we integrate with MailChimp, Salesforce, uh, Customer.io, and a few other sales providers. But if in case it's not listed there, we also provide something called as a webhook. Think of that as an ever-listening mm-hmm. event service. It integrates, that lets you integrate into other services. Okay, okay, okay. And then I would guess not only does your Clink service work on the content and the subject line, but it also learns from your business about sequences and uh, frequencies and uh, times of day and all that sort of thing as well to send emails, does it? Yes, it it understands the campaign metrics and campaign performance over a period of time. It analyzes your previous campaign history. And uh, there's more value and things that we are adding to the Clink. We are also adding co-pilots, which I want to talk about a little later which will help you do more than just send an email, but kind of act as your constant companion throughout the business day based on your marketing function, sales function, and customer success function. Wow, that is clever, yeah. (laughs) Back to you, Kathleen. 
Okay, so maybe I'm just maybe a little bit slow here in trying to grasp what this is, but I'm guessing some of our audience members may not quite grasp it either. So if we can maybe break it down just a little bit more for us, Roy, so how it can help a business. So if I'm running a business, why would I want, why would I need this? Help me understand the process of how Clink actually works. Yeah, absolutely. Let me first explain about the Chrome extension and then let's go on to the other. Okay, okay? perfect. So for this um, simple explanation, let's assume a small software company somewhere trying to sell its software product like uh, like some file storage system. Let's assume mm-hmm. that there's a fictional file storage system startup. What ends up happening? There, you end up creating a ton of marketing material. You build a beautiful website. Then you write a lot of value proposition of the product. And then you have to distribute it. So what do you do? You end up recruiting leads and start sending them emails to buy your product. Your product today, like anybody's product, is probably a subscription product. What does Mm -hmm. that mean? You want to monthly renew the user's trust by making the product valuable and earn that money. So there's a life cycle to what all happens in all these things, right? So what ends up happening is when you start creating an email, you have to be keenly aware of the context of where a person is. If a person is still a lead and just considering your product, you want to invite him to come try your software so he gets a personal experience of using it and moving there. Now, when you invite a person, there are nuances like a demo. There is a a free trial period. There's an aspect of free trial where you say there are some features of the free trial available to you. There are some features of the... Uh, a product that you can avail via money or there are t- sometimes trials where you offer everything for free for a limited period of time Dude, right just in this single context i gave you three different uh variations how how a free trial could be run right limited period uh all the features for free or just a paid trial that you have to do and you can cancel anytime and and a marketer can sweeten the pot by adding uh, no credit card, full money back guarantee, all of these kind of nuances. Now, what does a marketer have to do? Just from what I told you, he has to write different types of email based on the Mm -hmm. kind of business offering that he has. He has to contextualize it with the voice of his brand. He has to figure out what keywords need to be embedded. He has to figure out a call to action. Then he has to decide if it's a one email, it's a three sequence email or a five sequence email mm-hmm. based on the type of nourishing that you think you have to do with your leads. Now look at the mental overload and all of mm-hmm. these things. You come to glance mm-hmm. and you enter a little bit about your product, a few keywords, pick the tone of your voice and promote your offer. Once you do that, then you just choose what is the business model you have. The software does the entire email writing that I talked to you about, whether okay. it's a one email, three email, or a five email sequence. So now the mental overload of your brand voice communicating the sequence in which this context needs to be put in, the size and kind of the business, all of that is thought through for you. And yet you can still edit if you choose to make some minor modifications and then send the email. Okay. The time went away from three to four hours of thinking for a single campaign to less than three minutes. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so 
explain to us then how AI technology is used with, with Clink. Well, the inputs that you give are the facts of your business. Mm-hmm. What right. we then do is, I'm sure you guys have all heard of uh, chat GPT in the recent yes. days. There's a ton of, uh, what do you call, conversations around this. Sure. It's powered by uh, an AI model called GPT-3 or GPT-4, any one of these models. And they're also aware, they're also called as foundational models. The reason mm-hmm. they're called as foundational models is they have accumulated enough uh, knowledge from the internet and everywhere else and have started creating generative language, which means they generate language in 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 response to a question and stuff like that they can stimulate themselves so what we've done is we've integrated with those kind of foundational models and we, when we pose a question and pro, propose a task with enough signal rich context it writes out those responses then additionally our models do the filtering the voice and the business context and there are two layers of ai that comes out and that gives you the final output mm-hmm. Okay, got it, got it. So, when I was looking at your website, you were talking about how your your system can help a business to develop a persona, an ideal persona for their um, marketing campaign. So, tell us, tell our audience a little bit more about why that's so important for a business to to develop a persona of an ideal customer. Well, it's super important to know your customer. There is no doubt anybody will discuss that. Hey, you got to know more mm-hmm. about your customer before you sell them. Uh, what 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 in a technology sale or in a software sale and or in a business sale it's important to know where your customer uh, comes from what he thinks of it's especially important for the business uh, sale uh, technology sale where the customer's title the decision making authority mm-hmm. what is the context of where he comes from whether it belongs to the business fraternity whether it belongs to the technology uh, background those nuances make a difference. Why? Because you try tend to highlight the value proposition that is more relevant to your customer. So, and the software also understands personas. What I mean by that is AI today is able to write an email to a five-year-old versus a 15-year-old in two different ways, which means right. the language, the vocabulary, the context, and the and the way you address a person, all of that changes. So developing a persona, uh, which is good and a good representative set of your customers is helpful to personalize the email to that. Sure. Okay. And from, have you built into your system the capability of, of creating campaigns for different personas? So for instance, one set of emails or one campaign for the owner of a relatively small business and another campaign for the, technology purchasing director of a major corporation you can on the chrome extension itself we've given a few fields for the persona but the next step of what you're asking is what we've enabled on the copilot there's a whole other okay. aspect of copilot that I'm, i haven't spoken to you folks but i would love to when you get, get a chance well i carry oh, on you oh, brought oh, it up go, go for it you've got the floor Talk, tell us about the copilot well, look, co-pilots are exactly what they mean. Uh, they don't fly the plane completely. You're still the captain of the ship, but they assist you throughout cruise, make decisions and do everything in your business. So let's now, let's just take an example of a very well-known business like a telecom business in Canada. Let's mm-hmm. say Roger. Roger, yep. Roger said, 
Well, if you look at it, they have anywhere near about a 3,000 page website, however you look at it, from the old links and the new links. And they have at least about 100 product lines that they launch. Imagine the sales a sales guy who's trying to sell the business products from Rogers to any small medium business in Canada. Right, right, it right. It becomes incredibly crazy because he's got to know what's the latest information. He needs to know what was the product line, what's the branding and the trademark. He needs to know what are the keywords he has to sell. He needs to know the SKU value. He needs to know the packaging and combination and the value proposition. He can't always remember it. And your website is too big to browse. There's a ton of information in the CRM. There's a ton of information about the customer that he's been researching. And then there's a ton of information about the product. Imagine an AI software, which acts like a chatbot. A chatbot is an easy interface interface for humans because we are very social and we like to chat with people, right? So imagine a chatbot besides you on your computer just popping up. Looking at all these sources that I talk about, your website, your product line, your CRM information, your product information, and then telling you how to position the sale, how to talk about the product. And you say, hey, the customer asks you, by the way, what does your P3600 product line do in this, this, and this feature? Well, I don't have instant recall. So don't you. But the computer with its memory and all the information can pull these information in a very easy way. And also, it doesn't assume the other person is not technical. Let's say, hey, let explain it to me like a layperson. Right. And if I have to explain it to a layperson, this thing gives you the words and contextualizes. So the work of information retrieval, summarization, contextual summary, telling people, uh, communicating it in an easy possible way, for the context of selling, marketing, or even customer success for that matter, is now in seconds. In seconds. All this wow. of knowledge. Amazing. You just have to index it right. Geez, isn't that incredible? Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I'm curious, Roy, how did you develop this? Like, what made you create this product? Failure. Pardon me? Failure, failure is what powers everything through. So... <laughs> There's a ton of, I used to create a, I used to run an agency before. What ended up happening is a digital marketing agency. We did a lot of campaigns and there was a ton of stuff that we told customers and did. What I always felt is the, we call that the go-to-market teams. The go-to-market teams are primarily the sales team, the marketing team, and the customer success, which is included so that they take the product and increase the usage they were all making up stuff as they go. They create playbooks. They mm-hmm. don't have information. There's a, there's a lot of information overload problem. There's a lot of personalization problem. There's a lot of contextual problem. I saw that some people have playbooks and they can th- think of everything. And if they have it, they have their stuff going together and it works. But not everybody does. Then there's a lot of information and AI and the data retrieval aspect of it is very hard, right? You have all this information I just couldn't close the deal because I couldn't get the information at the right time. All of these kind of scenarios and us personally building a product and trying to sell it, we realized the problem ourselves. We said, if we have this problem and a lot of our customers said, just don't give me the AI, just tell me not to write. But all this information that relies about my brand is right there. Can you use that information so that I don't have to input this all the time? So those are the things that provoked us to build a co-pilot. Okay. Okay. Wow. Very good. So 
Can you give us some examples of, of how you've been able to help? I mean, we don't want you to give secrets away, obviously, but um, some examples of the types of businesses, um, some success stories? Uh, there's a ton of agencies that are using us right now. Please okay. note that we're, we're still uh, very early into the market, I sure. would say, about sure. uh, two months to three months in, since the debut of the product. We have about 250 to 300 users acquired organically. We've not spent too much money. Uh, we, but we did do a, 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 a small uh, launch on uh, uh, some uh, product sites and everything else to get some attention. That's how we're getting a lot of products. What, in the, what has ended up happening in the recent time is their feedback has been, this is incredibly fast and personalized. The sequences have been very effective and they are now asking for more features included in different kinds of tools. Right. There is the co-pilot. Let us upload the document. So all of this, they are the in reason why co-pilots have come into play because they said okay. we're tired of getting all of this information all the time. So far, what I think is the open rates have exploded for some people. The sequence, the way to think and follow up, that has increased by, this is all anecdotal evidence mm -hmm. in percentages. So please take it for what it is and try sure. out the software. And about, uh, I think they have seen about a 50% improvement in their open rates. They've wow. seen a 50% improvement in their lead conversion rates from nurture and different aspects. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is that is impressive. It's really good. Very good. So, so, Roy, what does Clink integrate with? And is it easy for the user to manage those integrations? Yes, it's quite easy. We've, we've thought through uh, the... we Coming from an engineering and a marketing background. Marketing agency, engineering... Uh, coder so it's married to that kind of thinking so we understand the tools are numerous so we did choose all the top market tools like salesforce mailchimp customer.io hubspot and active campaign we said let's go from smb all the way to enterprise we covered the gamut mm -hmm. of those tools the integration is quite simple you go you click you enter your credentials and we use the authorized app access kind of a workflow where we've already built this integration. So it just authorizes us to use the app on your behalf. And we are governed by the data rules provided by these big platforms. So your data is safe. Once you do that, a simple connection, a click uh, and connect will connect it. Let's say you don't have, you don't see the tool. There is this web hook framework that I talked about. It literally is a hook that you hold on to and pull the events. Mm -hmm. So that is the kind of uh, technology that we've created. So if you don't see your platform, you can integrate it through a webhook framework. A webhook, right. Okay. So that's pretty straightforward. Right, okay. And then, oh, that, that is very, very interesting. Okay, so how does the pricing work? You, you might not want to give exact prices on this platform, but do you have sliding scale depending on the size of the business or, or the um, number of the features that people want to take? Is it tailor-made? Yeah. Is, is it off the, the shelf? How does it work? The pricing for the Chrome extension is quite uh, public. You can go look at our pricing page. It's got different prices of monthly of 19, 39, and 59 based on the number of emails, the okay. number of sequences, the data triggers. We don't really care about the business. We want to give you the most... Uh, the size of the business, what I mean is, we want to give you the most value for the work that you get out of the AI software. So okay. that's what we're pricing it on. Whereas the copilot is priced differently. The copilot is all about 
how many, uh, how much of the product and what kind of the module of the product? Do you want to use it in the context of sales, customer success or marketing makes a difference and the amount of data sources that you have. And then there is the customization part. Mm -hmm. Some people sure. want really customize. Say, they say, I have all these Google documents that I want you to consume and then be my knowledge warehouse, storehouse, where I want to retrieve this information at the click of a button. So it means different. So we can offer customization for people who want that kind of customization. Okay. Copilot. So here's another question for you on Copilot. Can you integrate Copilot with the business's own chat interface for their customers? Absolutely. We are available as an API. So what we do right. is we don't have to have our own interface. We are available API for the people listening and don't know the full format is application programming interface, which means it's a language by which two different computer programs communicate. Right. So we, as long as the program of the business tells us the context, gives us the input that the user is asking, within the milliseconds, we are able to do the same function because we are able to do it via uh, the API and give them back the results to put them into their interface. There's no reason for us to be the front end of any business. Okay. So that, that is really interesting. So you you... you the co-pilot could actually provide a two-channel chat facility, one for the management of the business itself and one for the customers who are getting onto the business and looking for support. That's really, really clever. Very interesting. Wow. Oh, wow, wow. So here's one for you. Sorry. Oh, I, no, go for it, Kathleen. I just had one. So in term, so for, for a business coming on board with you then, do you provide all of the training for and, and consulting for these people that are, you know, that yeah. this is so new to and help them kind of figure out the best way to utilize Clink? Absolutely. For the Chrome okay. extension, it is very self-explanatory. You can try it okay. on your own. The Copilot is the one with that requires this. Mm -hmm. So we, we are contemplating newer things, including humans in the loop. It's a funny statement. Humans were always the center of attention, but they, in the AI world, we have a tendency to add these fancy words and say human in the loop because he's still the captain of the ship. So for sometimes uh, people say, well, our people are not trained to do this. Uh, so can you support this? So we, in fact, uh, are contemplating potentially providing a person with the software, which means Kathleen does not have to worry. The person who comes in already knows how to use the software. We'll train your colleagues also, but we'll continue to be the person who will act on your behalf as your representative doing all of this and training people. Okay, got it. Wow, very good. So, so here's one for you. It's a little bit off topic, but it's not really. This whole AI thing since November last year, mainly when ChatGPT was launched, I, I know AI has been around longer, but in most people's minds, that was the launch of AI, right? In November last year. And the general population seems to be split into two camps. There's people who see it as a really useful tool, and we're in that camp that can help our business and help us be more effective and help us serve our customers better. And there's another huge camp of people who are saying it's going to take my job away, it's going to destroy the world, and, and this and that and the next thing. So what's the difference? With all your work that you do with people, What's the character trait that separates people into those two camps, do you think? Well, uh, uh, just for the sake of uh, the AI clarity. Yeah. Like you said, the AI has existed for a long time. And this kind of AI that we're talking about was conceptualized as early as in the 50s. It's yep. just come to fruition with the power of computing and stuff. And well, that is the truth. Now, I would say the following. I 
would like to tread this with sensitivity in the area that people sure. are sometimes at a job that could be replaced by some kind of automation, right? AI is the AI is the final kind of automation that we're thinking through. But think of the technology evolution through times, mm-hmm. whether it was the early stages of computing where, uh, oh, let's let's do look at it from the early stages of typewriters. Yeah, when that's right. In, mm-hmm. When typewriters came in, the scribes went away. And when uh, computing came in, typewriters went away. There was a whole pool of office typists that existed to write and do stuff what other men thought. Well, it did provide them a job, no disrespect to the time, but imagine a person, all their job was to type someone's thoughts. It looks so ridiculous today, but back then, it was an entire career for some people. Oh, absolutely. So my thinking is every computing or technology paradigm always replaces some sort of manual activity and the people who just rely on that. But if you see that there are more people employed today than any other people before when you compute to the just compared to the 50s and the 60s. Why did that happen? Technology enablement creates newer needs and newer kind of usage technology. So even those that are replaced initially will find something else with a technology augmented job. So I would say, think of upgrading your skill with an augmentation mentality mm-hmm. where you say, this software is going to augment me, do my job better. You're not only going to contribute better, you're going to see much more personal success too. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, I, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm an old guy. And when I started working in the corporate world, I had a when I became a manager. I had a secretary. I had a dictaphone, and and I would dictate into that and take the tape and give it to her, and she would type it out on a. We had a daisy wheel typewriter, and then I think in the mid to late eighties, we got the first word processor, which all it did was was create content. It it couldn't calculate right, and it was huge. Took up half the office, and and then we've advanced through there, and I mean think we used to have fax machine salesmen and technicians and <laughs> they've all gone right and elevator operators all gone <laughs> so, so from just just the analysis of the daisy wheel typewriter that you're talking about think yeah. about the security being far more intelligent typing yep. it as you go your dictaphone is combo- combined into the same secretary yep. who did not have to remember and guess what she's got a better vocabulary than yours and she corrects all the typos and the grammatics you do, yep. and she understands your customer. Well, that's your AI today. Yeah. So it's still the same things that we do, but we're replacing it with technology and we're augmenting it with better knowledge. That's how I see. I'm very hopeful that people get on the program in terms of saying that, hey, the life is going to change. I want to be a part of the change than resist the change because those who resist the change are the ones who are then trying to catch up rather than those who embrace it. That's how I see oh, Absolutely. No, no, you're correct. And and we yeah. use we, we both use ChatGPT, but we mm-hmm. are also careful to put our own spin on it. We don't like putting any, anything out that any content that's 100% ChatGPT because anybody could do that, right? As they could write the prompt. So we, we edit and we add to and take away from, but it saves us a lot of time. Go and get away from it. Absolutely. It saves us a huge amount of time. So we, I'm watching our time. Kathleen, back to you. Yes. Well, Roy, how do people contact you? Well, you can check out our website, uh, klynk.ai. You can also mm-hmm. reach out to me at roy at glancehq.ai, R-O-Y at 
G-L-A-N-C-E-H-Q.ai. Perfect. Great. And for our audio listeners, those uh, contact details for Roy will be in the descriptions on whatever platform you happen to be listening to this on. So from me, Roy, thank you very much. And uh, back to Kathleen to end the show. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today, Roy. We really appreciated having you. And I really urge everyone to go and take a look at, at this particular software that you've created. Kudos to you. And thank for you sure. all again for tuning into our show. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, we invite you to visit us at the show.com. All you need to do is click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form. And we would love to hear from you. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.